Hello and welcome to this episode of Off the Record from ETF Express. This one is about ETFs, the fundamentals, with Jason Xavier, head of EMEA ETF Capital Markets for Franklin Templeton, and me, Beverly Chandler, managing editor of ETF Express. Franklin Templeton's global ETF platform has a range of active, factor-based and passive ETFs and approximately USD $15 billion in assets under management globally as of the 31st of May 2023. So Jason is here to explain exactly what is an ETF. Thank you very much, Beverly, and thanks for having me today. Um, What is an ETF? Well, an ETF is effectively a fund, exchange-traded fund. So it's a fund vehicle, just like a a mutual fund. Um, However, it has the extra um, flexibility of trading on a stock exchange. So the E and the T is exchange traded and then fund um, as you normally have for a mutual fund. So just like a mutual fund, it's a collection of stocks or bonds. Um, They uh, trade intraday. The ETF trades intraday. And at the end of the day, you have a net asset value, a NAV of the fund, just like you do uh, for a mutual fund. Again, the flexibility around intraday pricing gives you price discovery um, as well as cost efficiencies. Um, Low TERs typically are seen with ETFs. Um, And ETFs can incorporate different strategies, as you mentioned, so passive, alternative indexed strategies, as well as active strategies. So that's, that's an ETF in a nutshell. And when you say intraday, so explain to the audience what that means. So intraday means that obviously with a mutual fund, you effectively have um, a NAV at the end of the day and it's priced at that NAV at the end of the day. So you can only really buy a mutual fund at the end of day price and once a day. Whereas an exchange traded fund allows you to buy the fund at any time during uh, market hours. So just like a stock trades on an exchange, you can buy an ETF at the open, um, 8 a.m. in the morning, and at any time during the trading day up until 4.30 at the close. So you can transact in a fund. It's the, it's the only fund vehicle that allows you to transact intraday, just like you would do a stock, and all the benefits that come with that. And then tell me, when were ETFs invented? So interesting question. ETFs were effectively invented. ETFs were born really out of the 1987 Wall Street crash. Um, you may remember that the Black Wednesday uh, markets tanked completely 1987 in the UK as well. It made the news. Uh, there's a lot of people in the industry that were not around uh, or for that sort of episode. But for a few of us, we remember I grew up in the, in the 80s and I remember the Wall Street crash. After, post that crash, it was really the US SEC uh, that consulted Wall Street to try and figure out how they could allow large blocks of stocks to be transacted in one trade and hence allow large amounts of liquidity in and out of the, uh, the system in one trade. So consulting the street, they effectively uh, worked for a couple of years on this and eventually they arrived at what is now the exchange traded fund. So the ability to transact in a portfolio of stocks and now bonds or commodities um, with just a single trade and pump liquidity into and out of the system. So kind of acting like a pressure release valve. It's interesting that 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 pressure release valve sort of um, methodology, if you like, has over the last 30 years since ETFs were invented, how time and time again that has been tested. And we've seen that 
on multiple occasions, um, the global financial crisis, the Greek debt crisis, the Arab Spring, Brexit, uh, the COVID pandemic, or even the, the war in um, Ukraine. We saw how the ability for portfolio managers and investors to move large equities or bonds in a single trade really acts as a cushion uh, to the markets and allows for liquidity in the system to continue to flow. And you, you, so you were talking about pumping in liquidity. I mean, perhaps if you could explain what liquidity means in this context for investors. So prior to ETFs, the transaction of stocks was, and still is, a single stock transaction. So you buy and sell a stock and the liquidity is dependent on how many stocks are being transacted and what's the, what's the notional outstanding, how many shares are issued. Now, there's a finite number of shares that are actually issued. So if you're transacting in any given number of those shares, the liquidity is dependent on what the market is prepared to buy and sell. Now, if you prior to ETFs being around, you could only really do that in a portfolio of portfolio trades. So the buying and selling the stocks on individual lines. The ETF allowed the same transaction to occur, but at a much bigger level to occur on a much broader portfolio level by not just institutional investors, but all the way down to retail investors. So a retail investor prior to ETFs would have to have their stockbroker buy them the equivalent portfolio, let's say the FTSE 100. Their, their portfolio manager would buy a mutual fund or would buy uh, the individual stocks. And with a mutual fund, as an example, there would be no intraday transacting from that end investor. Their transactions will all occur at the end of the day. So there'll be a flurry of activity that will happen into the close as opposed to periods throughout the day. So that liquidity is the ability to allow stocks to be bought and sold. And the byproduct of that is is effectively liquidity. You're, you're allowing things to flow. It's liquid. That's how I look at it. Okay. And so um, how does the average investor buy and sell an ETF? It's a slightly different route, isn't it? ETFs are super flexible. So if you take, if you think of an ETF as giving you all of the things you get from a mutual fund plus a plethora of more, you know, you, you get more. So you get the mutual fund plus. And one of the things that you get is the ability, as I said, to transact intraday on a stock exchange. If you are a, an end investor, a retail end investor like myself and yourself, Beverly, if we're looking to buy or sell an ETF, how would you typically do that? We'll go to our online broker or our online SIP platform provider, and we will say, I, I want to buy a particular stock. And you would look at the platform, they'll give you a bid ask spread and you'd say, I want to buy or I want to sell. In a similar fashion, you have to do the same for ETFs. If I want to buy our S&P 500 Paris aligned ETF, as an example, I would go onto my online broker and I would see a buy and a sell and I'd see a bid and an offer. And I would then press the button whether I'm a buyer or a seller and I'd um, transact in the ETF. That online broker or my broker will then go to the stock exchange and effectively buy or sell those stocks and will buy and sell that ETF that I've um, put an order in for. Now, because ETFs trade just like stocks, it gives me the flexibility now to put the order in using a different order type than just buying at the market. I can say that I would like to put a limit order in. So, you know, I, I want to wait until the price goes to a, comes down to a certain level before I buy. If I'm an institutional investor, I could use an algorithm to, to trade my ETFs or trade ETFs. So the fact that you get all the benefits of a mutual fund plus some more, those those really come into play with the way that you can transact in an ETF. So your online broker or your broker will allow you to um, 
to enter, buy or sell an ETF. And if you're an institutional investor, then your trading desk will, will, will have the ability to transact. One other thing that's worth talking about is, again, you get all the flexibility of a mutual fund plus more. So you can also buy ETF at the end of day NAV. And not many people realize this, that you can actually, if you wanted to, you can buy the ETF intraday and you could take the intraday price. Or you could say, well, I just want to buy the ETF just like I would do a normal mutual fund. And you can tell your broker, I want to buy that ETF at NAV. And you could do that on exchange or you can do that over the counter as well. So if you're an institutional investor, you can also trade over the counter using a request for quote platform or you can do it on exchange. And what sort of investments can I make through ETFs? So at Franklin Templeton, we've got, as you described, we've got a few pillars to our range. So we have five key sort of pillars. We have our fixed income range. We have our single country passive range. We have a ESG sustainable range and we have thematic and a smart beta range or alternative indexed range. Those are some of the examples of different kind of styles of investing that you can invest in. Now, effectively, you can use ETFs to invest in stocks, bonds, commodities. You can take a core approach, a tactical approach. You can look to use ETFs for risk management, for liquidity, as we described, a liquidity sleeve. We see a lot of people say, well, I have my mutual fund core holdings. And if I do need to or want to transact, I'll, I'll use an ETF because it gives me that flexibility to trade intraday. So if something's happening in the news and I actually think halfway through the day when I'm you know, just about to do this school pickup, actually, I want to sell some of that holding. Well, you could do that while you're, while you're waiting for, for the kid to come out. So you can actually do that on your online platform and you can actually make those allocations uh, in real time. Now, that, that, that ability, that liquidity sleeve, as I described, is another sort of example of the flexibility and how you can utilize the so yeah, you can invest in stocks, bonds, commodities, different styles of investing, be it core, tactical, income, looking for dividends, you can utilize it for that as well. So, so much flexibility in the wrapper, which is why it's gaining so much popularity. And are ETFs safe if there's a moment of a market crisis? Will ETFs be hit differently? So ETFs are just a fund wrapper. And this is what a lot of people don't realize. They are not an asset class in themselves. They are just a fund vehicle, right? So you have a mutual fund that is a fund wrapper. You have investment trusts that are fund wrappers. You have um, ETFs that are just another version of a fund wrapper. They are just as safe as a mutual fund, if not safer, because a lot of mutual funds, you know, when times are in times of crisis, we've seen periods where, you know, funds have had to gate or they've stopped redemptions and mutual funds can do that. ETFs are open-ended vehicles that, give you mark to market pricing and price transparency. So I'd say to a certain extent that they, they're safe, super safe, safer in some respects, because I know that I can transact at any point in the day to react to some volatile news or things that are going on in the market. So, you know, what does safe mean? Can I take my money out? Yes, you can sell intraday. Can I see what's invested in my uh, ETF? Yes, there's full transparency. So, you know, the, the, the three key benefits of an ETF, the transparency, the liquidity, and the low cost nature is something that really continually sort of gets drawn out in every conversation. When we talk about safety, can I see what's I'm, what I'm invested in? Every day you can see that. There's full transparency around that. So yes, super safe. And can you buy portfolios of ETFs? You can. You can buy. We see a lot of uh, multi-asset strategies utilize ETFs, um, and that's very similar to a portfolio of ETFs. Now, if you look at a lot of the robo-advisors that are growing in market share across Europe, and you know you jump on the tube and you'll see an advert from for a few of these, all of these advisors and these robo-advisors, the reason they're taking off is because they ultimately fundamentally use ETFs as their building blocks. 
So they use ETF to fulfill that low cost, that transparent and that liquidity feature that we keep describing. That allows these robo-advisors to build different model portfolios. And depending on your risk profile, you will either be in a high risk model portfolio that will have a certain group of ETFs versus a lower risk uh, portfolio which will have a different makeup of ETFs. But if you look at what they're utilizing, they're all ETFs. They're all bond ETFs, equity ETFs, and commodity ETFs as well in there. And if you want to invest sustainably, are there any options to do that through an ETF? Absolutely. So uh, again, as an example, we have at Franklin Templeton, we have a range of sustainable ETFs. We have our ESG suite. As an example, we have our Euro Green Bond Uses ETF. Uh, and this, is, this was actually Europe's first actively managed dedicated green bond, Article 9 ETF. And ultimately, what does it give you? Well, it provides exposure to European issued green bonds. So, you know, 75% of the fund is invested in bonds that are labelled green. Now, what, what does that mean? That means a particular bond is issued for a green project. So a very simple example that I always use is a wind farm. A wind farm has, a company has uh, issued bonds to fund a wind farm that's directly going to obviously contribute to the transition to a green economy. Now, this pure play uh, opportunity is perfect in the ETF wrapper because you have made the conscious decision that you want to invest in the transition to a green economy. So you can't wait for, you know, three years track records. So ETFs and index products that track an index that invest in those particular names or those particular bonds gives you that exposure directly. Now, in, in the green bond scenario, obviously, we have an active product because the green bond market is quite nascent. So you do need expertise there to actually pick the right green bonds versus other green bonds and ensure that that green label is justified. And then can you put the green bond ETF portfolio into an ISA? Is that possible? You can. So ETFs are ISA eligible. So you can have them in ISAs. You can have them in SIPs. Um, but again, it will depend on the, your particular broker, your online broker or your platform, ensuring that they have those ETFs on the platform for you to invest in. But they are eligible, yes. Okay, well, thank you so much, Jason. Is there anything else you'd like to add in this quick introduction to all things ETF? No, that's perfect, Beverly. Thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much. That was Jason Xavier, who is head of EMEA ETF Capital Markets at Franklin Templeton, discussing the fundamentals of ETFs. Off the Record is brought to you by ETF Express, production by Imogen Rostrum and Lisa Hines, and music by Otto Balfour. Thank you to our guests on this episode of Off the Record from ETF Express, and to you for listening. We look forward to you joining us next time.